You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nod of the Scribe. And I hope all of you are getting around okay and have the necessary gas to do so because if you are then that just makes one of us it's not me <laughs> i it's real out here for your boy nada like i'm telling you yeah you were whew. telling me about this and i'm, I'm just like I, i'm surprised that you're having all these issues with with this gas everybody panicked and i apparently didn't panic enough because what happened to me i just didn't realize that it was going to hit like this i didn't i got out late to the party where i knew that this was going to be some kind of gas shortage and then the picture starts circulating around of that couple that's filling cans and putting it in the back of their van and then everybody else starts to panic and then i see our everybody's new friend the gas buddy on twitter I see his I see his tweet saying, yep, we're at 70 percent of North Carolina, not just Charlotte. It used to be 70 percent of Charlotte. Now we're at 70 percent of North Carolina and more. Apparently, it's going to peak within the next like, I don't know, 36, 24 hours, something like that. And then it's supposed to be fine by the end of the weekend, which is no different than what was being reported beforehand. But I had already only had one bar. So I had one bar. It's like it's I don't have the gas meter. I don't have the meter right where the orange arrow is pointing. It's just the it's the levels. And I've got one bar right now. And that went into the orange. And so I'm having to borrow other cars like that's what I'm going to have to do right now. It is real out here. See, for me, see man. this is where and, and I'll leave it. This will be my one political slash after school special moment. Um, This is where you needed to. This is where like the city has failed everybody quite honestly. And this is where public transportation matters. And this is where you show that, hey, Charlotte isn't the big boy city that it needs that we need it to be sometimes. And this was a striking indictment of it. So again, invest in public transportation and these gas problems are just a minor Yeah. I, well, I'm going to need it. I'm going to need that public transportation because I'll be walking. If you see me on the side of the road, if you see some tall dude with a backwards hat on, just be nice to him. Okay. I can tell you right now he's had a rough day. <laughs> it's the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's mailbag day. And as often happens, Nada will shoot the shot at about an hour, a couple of hours before we record and you guys come through. Nada, you're happy about the questions we got. Like, I feel like these questions hit uh, questions hit you different than they have in mailbags. Because past. y'all listened. This, again, <laughs> look at all the questions we got. Did we get any question about a big man? Did we? No, and we got some good yeah, ones exactly. too. Like, you are right like, about we that. We got some really good ones. We got some more AMA styles, which... As the season winds down, we would like some more of those so that we can at least continue this sort of mailbag into the offseason. That way we have something in the offseason that you guys can really just sink your teeth into. So I do like this. I do want this for you guys. I do want this to uh, to continue. So I'm really, really excited about these questions. And y'all are getting better and better at these. And again, a bunch of y'all regulars, like y'all, y'all stepped up and showed up and showed <laughs> out. So 
here we go. I, I always I like it when not as happy because it it's the Nada who doesn't compliment often when he compliments and he's this happy. You know it means something, guys. It's from the heart. Nada truly means all of this. And so I am happy for you guys to have sent in such great questions. And we start off with a couple of the favorites from Nada. He's the one that put these in the Google Drive that we'll be reading here. The first one comes in from Daniel Tap. Uh, he there you go. Uh, loyal listener. Always appreciate him listening and tuning into the podcast. He says, am I crazy to think that if the play in tournament existed five years ago, the Cho Clifford era probably plays out much differently. I almost think it's a good thing. It didn't in that regard. L O L nada. What made you like this question so much? And what is your answer to this? question? My answer is it's not the it, one. He's right about that because it blew my mind was like the plan. Yeah, because as many years as the Hornets finished ninth, 10th, mm-hmm. I think a playing game and the additional revenue and the additional branded revenue, because if you haven't noticed, State Farm has already branded that play in tournament. So there's going to be some additional money. I do think Kemba never leaves. I think this team continually plays itself into the playing game. And I think this kind of move that makes the regular season games matter a little bit more would have put additional focus and appreciation on Kemba, an appreciation on Cliff uh, even more. And I do think Rich Cho survives a little bit, but I think what was going to happen with Rich Cho was going to happen with Rich Cho. It just would have delayed it by a year or two, and Mitch was still going to be there because I don't think anybody was was really checking for Mitch at the time. So there's that. Well, I went to the last year Kimba was here and remember it was very close for the Charlotte Hornets to possibly get into the postseason Kimba's last season. They needed some things to fall their way. It didn't happen. And the Hornets finished as the nine seed. They are literally the last seed out of the playoffs. So Hornets. So this is how the play in tournament would have worked the last year Kimba was here. Orlando would have been the seven seed. They were Detroit was the eight seed. Charlotte was the nine seed. Miami was the 10 seed. We know the problems that we've had with Miami, not this year. We had the tiebreaker, but still Miami has given it to us in the playoffs. So if you win that game against Miami and then you find yourself getting into the postseason somehow beating the loser of the Orlando and Detroit game, you would have been the eight seed facing the Milwaukee Bucks 60 and 22 Uh, is the season that they had just a couple of years ago. And then you still probably get swept and then Kimba moves on. I don't think Kimba stays. I think I, because essentially you're talking about one seeds different. I don't think Mitch Kupchak, given his grand scheme of things, I don't think that that is something that would have changed his mindset. If if everything went right, by the way, this is everything going right for the Hornets in the play in tournament where they win two games and then they move on and go play the bucks. I just don't think it would have happened that way. And I don't know if anything is too relevant. If, if you go to the Steve Clifford, rich Cho era. So I guess that's the question, right? You were talking about Kimba leaving. So if you go back just in 2017 and 2018, that is a year where the Charlotte Hornets finished as the 10 seed. So they would have made the play in tournament then Detroit was the nine, Washington, the eight, Milwaukee, the seven. If Charlotte wins and everything goes right, they get to the eight seed and they would have faced the Toronto Raptors. And that was the Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan Raptors. And so maybe you can make some hay, but you're not winning that series. I I don't know, Nada. Like, I think, I guess it would have been different in the fact that Rich Cho and Steve Clifford would have had quote unquote, some type of accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, I guess 
I guess you would say they made the play in the last few years in a row. I, I don't I don't know if that is enough, especially when Mitch Kupchak comes in to say, you know what, we're going to keep him. And I don't know if that's enough for Michael Jordan to say, hey, Rich Cho and Steve Clifford have done just enough. So I get the question and it's fun to think about. I just don't think it plays out all that differently because I don't think the play in accomplishment is something to celebrate. I don't I agree. It's not something to celebrate, but also at the same time, it would have been another money making experience. I think this team would have done more for the margins. And I think Having mm-hmm. games that matter late, and I think that was the biggest thing about the, the Steve Clifford era and the Kemba era towards the end was there were a lot of games late that didn't matter, that you were just playing out the string. I really do think that it would – I do, like I said, I honestly think having games that mattered, having, again, playing games that mattered, having more people in the building for games that mattered – I think it would have. We would look at at least Cliff and Kemba differently. I'm not sure Cho saves his job anyway, but I do think it changes a little bit. But that little bit of a ripple, we'll never know. But I think that little bit of a ripple would would have mattered a lot. By the way, just real quickly before we move on and answer some other questions on the other side, if you go to the year after 2015 and 2016 when they had that seven game series against the Miami Heat, Hornets would have missed the play in. They finished as the 11th seed that year. So the Hornets would have even been out of the play in tournament and the postseason altogether. And that would have been something that left a bad taste in everyone's mouth once again. So, yeah, interesting question. Fun to go think about. Thanks to Danny uh, Tap, Daniel Tap, for putting that question in. Uh, to us here in this mailbag episode. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or your food. Important stuff. So why would you choose to spend 30% all the way up to 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. RockAuto.com is the place you need to visit, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So again, I ask you, why do you spend up to twice as much for the same exact parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck, right? Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Lots more questions to get to coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I don't like doing that unless, like, I am totally annoyed. I don't drop the big joker in spades that early. I don't drop the big joker. I only do it when I am officially annoyed, and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. The last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, it's in full swing, and you can track all of the action at Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information so you don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore. Again, it's either the go to the website or your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCK. Don. All right, let's get to another question you had up there in segment one, Nada, that we just didn't get to. Eddie Clemens writes in. Thank you, Eddie. Would you rather Hornets play in the play-in tournament 
uh, or who would you rather, excuse me, who would you rather the Hornets play in the play in tournament? And who do you not want to see in the play in the wizards, the Pacers or the Celtics? Not how would you attack that question? Give me the Pacers. Like give me the Pacers because I do believe that the Pacers are a sinking ship when you have, and granted, I know they beat Philly the other night, but if you're telling me that if I get a team, if I get a game where I get Miles Bridges back, Devontae Graham is healthy, we have Lamelo. Like this is the best the team is going to get. Give me for a win and end situation. Give me the Pacers because Sabonis is a real problem, um, and there's no doubt about that. But and and Goga Bataze has actually been playing pretty well for them as well. Uh, I just you don't the Celtics aren't the answer here. We we had a, a nice win against the Celtics that Sunday to win two in a row after a Cleveland victory that you desperately needed. Right. That Celtics victory came just two games after the low point of the season, losing to the Bulls the way that they did. That's it. it the Hornets do not have a good track record against the Boston Celtics. I don't want Boston, even if you don't have Jalen Brown. The Wizards scare me because of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, and they've been playing so well recently. And even their loss is not. A, they, they lost to the Hawks, which, by the way, we need to mention, you've got a game and a half cushion now. It'll just take really one win. If the Hornets win one more game, then they cannot have the Wizards pass them in the standings, which is good news. It, they, they need to win one more so they can be completely safe heading into that last game of the season. And if not, then you just have to win that last game against Washington. I still don't want it to be the Wizards in the play in more so than the Pacers. Give me Indiana. We can agree on that. You're going Indiana yeah, absolutely as well. Indiana, because I don't want Russ and Beal in a one game situation. Not now. If mm-hmm. this team was a little bit healthier, right. yeah, sure, go ahead. Because, at, again, this team faced a healthy Russ and Beal and dealt with them pretty handily. Just not right now. This I need this team. I need a fully healthy Hornets team to feel confident in that one-game situation, and I just don't feel it right now. All right, Russell Varner, he came in big on Twitter. Thank you, Russell. He said, how well would the team have finished if they weren't uh, hurt by the injury bug? What do you think about this one? Not like I – can't lie to you. I thought about it as well, just to see where the Hornets would line up. The problem with this question is that it it acts like the Hornets were the only team hit with the injury yeah. bug, and that's not the case. It got real bad for them, right? Like we had we've had Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, and Cody Martin out for a while. We had Lamelo Ball out for over a month. Malik was missing a lot of time. Devontae Graham has been in and out. Even PJ has had his injury issues, and so it's affected very close to every single player for a substantial amount of time. But there's also been some other teams that have been affected by this. With that being said, I can't help but wander into that neighborhood of man. If you were able to stay healthy and you didn't have COVID hit you like it did with miles, this was a team that was in the four seed. And even if you thought that was fool's gold, I could have seen them certainly contend for a top six seed. What do you think? I absolutely think they would have been in. I think they would have been safely in. I think if this team, and and I'm not even sure that we need to go fully healthy. If this team was reasonably healthy, and I mean, either Hayward stays healthy or LaMelo doesn't break his wrist. This team is comfortably in a top six seed right now. This team was better than than Atlanta. This team, like, there's a lot of, about this team that I really do feel great about going forward. Health is the only thing that worries you about it. But I feel like this team was a top five team in the East, if healthy. 
So I would go top five team in the East, and they would have locked up their five seed, and we'd be talking about a chance to go to the second round for the first time in almost 20 years. A legitimate chance, too. Yeah, I, I think I think they really could have because it, it's the Knicks, the Heat. I mean, man, thirty eight and thirty one, it, it would have been tough because that that's seven games above five hundred, and at the Hornets' peak, I think they were just a couple or maybe three games above five hundred. So it, it would have been interesting, though. I mean, they would have been certainly contending for that. I think maybe they probably would have just kind of looking at all of those teams with seven games above five hundred. I think maybe the Hornets would have fell short, but they would have been right in the mix and. Hell, the Celtics finished 500. I think you would have finished ahead of the Celtics. So uh, that would have been something uh, interesting to see had that been able to play out. All right. One more question before we go to the last segment. Uh, Senor Fantastico, he writes in for the rebuild to work. What type of player does the second star have to be a two way wing or a star big? Because I hate to say it, but. I don't want, I don't think Boston's model will work with two star wings. Uh, what do you have to say to uh, our loyal listener and always writing in really good questions. Senor fantastic. I, I agree with him that the, wing, well, hold, hold on. Let, let, let me start because the Boston model does work. You just have the grown up version out West in, in the Clippers. The issue is that while I like Jalen Brown, while I like Jason Tatum, we have to start to kind of admit that they're not those guys. There's n- neither one of them is on Kawhi's level, and that's the reason why it works with out in out in L.A. with the Clippers. Two wings works. You just have to have that dude. And for right now, if we're talking about a second piece, I again, granted, the Hornets don't have that second piece, and I don't think there's anyone that can be that second piece on the roster to go with Lamelo. There's a part of me that says it's going to have to be a big, but it's going to have to be a certain kind of big. And for me, the only way that they get that guy is if they trade up in the draft. Because I think Evan Mobley is that second piece that can contend, that can help them contain for years to come. The problem is you're going to have to trade a lot of assets, possibly either, and probably either Miles or PJ Washington to do it. So that in itself creates its own kind of problem. Give me a two-way wing, a two-way star wing over a star big any day of the week. I love Joel Embiid, love Nikola Jokic. Those guys are totally legit. But the the fact of the matter is the more versatility, somebody that can do a bunch of things at a high level, like your typical six seven to six, nine, six, ten, maybe big unicorn type of wing. They're just so hard to stop. And I think the Charlotte Hornets need that. That's the next thing you need to check off because you don't have that on your roster. Gordon Hayward. He's awesome. He's not the second best player on a, uh, on a real deep contending team. And this was when Gordon's already been a, a good player this year, but I think Boston can work. It's the fact that the depth has left them so badly. I think Jason Tatum can be the one on a deep contending team. And it's why he was all NBA last year and went flames the second half of the season. I think Jalen Brown is an all-star. I don't think he's on the Tatum type of level offensively. And I know you're saying Jason Tatum's not Kawhi. You're right in that. But I think it's the defensive gap that separates them so much. So the offensive gap, Jason Tatum, 
that guy's awesome there. And he stopped taking mid range jump shots last year. I, I mean, I haven't paid attention as much this year to the kind of discrepancy in the shots that he's taking, but I know that he kind of fixed that as the season was going on. And so you love to see him taking more threes. It's just the Celtics. They were banged up so many times this year. Danny Ainge can be blamed just for allowing depth to walk out and hello, Gordon Hayward. I mean, you know, you could just look at that scenario right then and there. So I think it can work, but not, I think this team needs a star wing in order for me to feel very good about taking that step and getting to the Eastern conference finals, something this team is like, that's the thing. Like I do believe that this team is in need of a star wing. I understand that. I also see the giant gaping hole at center. And I think a star there fixes a whole lot more than I think you're giving it credit for. So I understand. Oh, no. It. I mean, sure. If you give me a star big, then yes, it's going to help you. No, of course, it's going to get you into the playoffs and maybe win a series. But if you're asking me which one I would rather have, who do you want your second star to be is the question. I would rather have my second star be a star wing and rather than a star big. And I know there's some caveats here and there, but give me the wing. All right, we'll go to the next uh, segment here shortly. We've got more questions to get to a bunch of other good ones. We'll answer in the last segment of the lockdown Hornets podcast. This is locked on Hornets. I said, Oh, Oh, hell yeah. Just giving that confirmation of how awesome this is going to be. You tweeted at me. You're going to be singing the chorus to Billy Jean. If you ain't careful, <laughs> and again, I point to the lie. Yes, I you're well, yeah, you're right. This goes back to our first conversation. There's a yes, lot of babies does. being exactly. had out there. Goodness gracious, exactly. unexpected ones. Point ones to that the were- lie. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Today on the Locked on Today podcast, will the Dallas Cowboys start the season 0 and 2? America's team fans not going to be happy about that one. That's the question of the day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today pod on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. A question was uh, written into us by Sean Webster. Thank you, Sean. Does Mello already have the best floater in the NBA? Seems like he shoots it from anywhere inside the arc. I would say the the number one guy that comes to mind is Chris yes. Paul, right? Like that's somebody with the best floater immediately. Steve Nash also came to mind. Not when I got like NBA live yeah, 08 yeah. and they, yes. do you remember Gilbert arenas was on the cover? It was the first game I ever got for the PlayStation three and they had these go-to moves that you could press. I think like Vince Carter's was a fadeaway on the, on the elbow and Steve Nash's was a floater. He's not in the NBA obviously anymore, but that's another one I go to, but Chris Paul, as far as current guys playing right now and Steph Curry's another one. I mean, yeah, we think of him as the best shooter of all time and hitting 35 footers. That guy's floater. It touches the ceiling and then on its way through the hoop doesn't hit anything but net. So I would go with those two guys, but yeah, man, Lamelo's floater has been awesome. And that was something that he actually, Actually was pretty successful at overseas too yes. like that was a part of his game and it's transitioned pretty well here no, to the nba here's the thing I, like you said you gave a g- pretty good list like uh chris paul i would put i'll put kyrie's floater in there like kyrie like oh, kyrie's beautiful. ability yeah. to get to the bucket whenever and drop that floater in like his game is so 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 good it just happens that he happens to be a space cadet in every other facet <laughs> of life. so right. Like, 
It's so funny, man. It takes away. We're, we're going off into a completely different tangent here. Yeah, you're right. Like Kyrie's just got great touch, but I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast when Kevin Arnovitz was on, they were discussing all NBA and they were talking about Kyrie's numbers this year. I've always been a huge fan offensively of Kyrie's game. He is, I, I think he finishes at the rim at his size better than I really ever seen. I, I mean, I, his efficiency is, I think, 47% this year. Maybe it's 50. Maybe it's close to 50. I forget it. But I, he's shooting 40% from three. You know, his his numbers are off the charts. He's shooting like 92% from the free throw line. Yeah, you're right. He's a space cadet. And that takes away from just how amazing he is. I he He is absolutely incredible when he gets to the rim. But yeah, those are some floaters that I would put up there first and foremost. Here's a question that I submitted into the mailbag episode, and it has to do a little bit more with that Boston yeah, no, situation. And so, question. yeah, uh, and this is something, you know, again, Senor Fantastico kind of wrote about also, but Monty Jones and Vincent and Vincent uh, Goodwill were talking about this on his podcast. Um, they were discussing if the Boston Celtics blow this up, then Danny Ainge will have failed after stringing along hope for so long with all these assets and never too much crazily cashing in on it. You had your chance with Jimmy Butler and never, it never played out. You had your chance with Paul George. It never played out. You kind of got saved and, and credit to them for drafting Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But there were some very lucky things that happened to them via the draft. And now here we are with the Celtics. It's just not working. I think a lot of that has to do with Danny Ainge losing depth and that being a real problem. I think a lot of that has to do with some of the injuries they've battled. But what do you think about the situation with Boston right now, Nada? And it, is it is it possible that Charlotte could ever get to that realm? And how do you avoid what happened with Boston if they do get to that realm? Uh, this is a tough one for me because there's a part of me that thinks that a lot of this is due to karma because of the way like people stop dealing with Danny Ainge because he would always negotiate through the media. I mean, think about it like this. Mitch has taken his lunch and deals now the last two years. Like, you got to think about the Kempison and trade where they get Terry Rozier. They unlock Terry Rozier. You also have to think about them taking away basically Gordon Hayward for nothing, for a giant trade exception, which they partially used on, um, who was it? Um, I'm sorry, Evan Fournier. And then mm-hmm. you have that. And then outside of that, they got nothing out of it. They could have had Miles Turner, except Danny Ainge got greedy. Like, that's. Which has been exactly. his biggest problem. I mean, yeah. Like that's where I'm that that's where I'm like kind of it bugs me a little bit to to have this entire discussion about Boston without acknowledging that ninety percent of this is Danny Ainge feeling the need to win and then crow about it with his media buddies later saying, Oh, I got this and then just revile me in the media because I've ripped off yet another small market team. Like at some point that comes back to bite you. And quite honestly, like I'm happy that this isn't working for Boston, but I'm also like, like <laughs> I'm, I'm ecstatic because of the way they've gone about this. And I also think that players don't want to deal with Danny Ainge because I think what happened was they saw what happened with IT and the way that was handled. And I, I continually believe this, the way IT was done, the way they didn't handle loyalty. Players remembered that and more than anything, they remembered that and they understood that and they said, okay, if that can happen to him, that can happen to me. And the way that was done, the way that was handled, 
I think has a negative repercussion, never negative connotation, and it's not gonna go away until after Danny Ainge is fired when if they have to rebuild. Yeah, and and I don't, they're, and they're not gonna fire Danny Ainge. They, I, I if you no, if you blow it Keith up, Smith was talking. About, if you if if they blow it up, you that's a tacit admission that Danny Ainge has failed, and you have to fire him. You have to start over. The, here's the thing, though. I mean, you can you can say he failed at this particular junction, but you would still rather be in the Celtic situation than a lot of these other franchises have yeah. been, right? I mean, we are talking about a team that got to the Eastern Conference Finals and went to a Game 7 against Bron Bron. They did it when they got swept by LeBron, too, but that was also a Celtics team that shouldn't have been there, and it was clearly going to be the Cavaliers all along. In fact, it was the Celtics getting... Uh, and Maybe they didn't get swept. I think the Celtics actually won one game that one year. But I don't like calling it a failure is two rings culturey to me, because if if you're the Celtics, then you get to this position where you're constantly competing. And I get that it's a big market, but also remember how they didn't have anything when Brad Stevens came aboard and Danny Ainge did do a good job of collecting assets. Now he lost the human side of this, and there's no doubt about that. That matters. At the end of the day, Kimball Walker still decided he wanted to go there. An all-time good guy in the NBA. And that was after what happened with IT. It's after what happened with a Kyrie Irving and a couple of those guys. And Kimba still decided, you know what? I want to go win. And the Celtics organization was the best opportunity for that. I think Danny needs to fix some things for sure. I think the way that the Charlotte... One, Charlotte Hornets... <laughs> If you can collect all of the assets that the Celtics did, then great. One, it's not going to happen because it all started with that trade with Brooklyn and the effects have the, the benefits have just lasted so long from that. They've been able to parlay that into a couple of different things. Um, but I think the, the larger point is how do you capitalize on the talent that you have and not gradually go down the go down the hill or fall down the cliff and we just got to get there here in Charlotte. It's all about getting that second star that we talked about the last couple of episodes. Yeah, and then absolutely. we'll see. Yeah. We'll, so like, we'll see. But I, I, one thing I'll push back on you on, on this is that rings culture. Mm -hmm. I think we have to grade it on a curve, bigger markets. You're kind of expected to win. Like the, especially if you're the Boston Celtics, I'm sorry. You're expected to, to, to compete for championships on and off because you are a bigger market. You have all that history. So, and then on top of that, like it's like there's a difference in expectations between the Charlotte what the Charlotte Hornets franchise should be and the Boston Celtics franchise should be. And I agree with you on that. I would just I would qualify competing for championships as going to a game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Like if you're a top four team, to me, being a top four team in the NBA qualifies as competing for a championship. Fair. I, I, I get that Celtics and look, Boston don't want to hear this. You know, I, I get Lakers fans don't want to hear this. You are supposed to win championships. Okay, great. But is every single year a failure that you don't win a championship? Maybe that's true. I, I, I can't get on yeah, board with that. But to, but to me, being a top four team t two years and then even last year, I mean, like even last year, look, they, they keep getting there. I don't know. It's, it, it's tough for me to call it a flat out failure. Even if Danny Ainge has made some mistakes along the way that could have been avoided and that's on Danny Ainge. And we'll see if he fixes that going forward. All right. That wraps up this edition of locked on Hornets. Thanks again to RockAuto.com for always supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of locked on NBA, or really any show on the locked on podcast network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>